may it be you, God, that be the center of this of this message of this Bible study today, God. May you be able to open up our hearts, open up our minds, God, for us to be able to understand your word, to understand your scripture, and really understand what is it that you want us to do with our lives, with our purpose, and, and for you, Lord. I ask you, God, to bless every person that is tuning in today, God, that you may be able to lead their lives, lead their goals, lead anything that their heart may be desiring, and if it's for your will, God, that you be able to to bless them and, and have them be able to achieve those goals, God. I, I thank you, Lord, for just being here, God. Um, we definitely aren't aren't worthy, God, of just being in front of your presence, God, but we thank you for your mercy and for your grace, God. We pray in your name, God. Amen and amen. So I was just trying to think about um, what would make sense, you know, to talk about, um, especially during these times. And, you know, I, I, I asked Kevin, I was like, yo, like, what is there a topic you want me to, to touch on? And he was just like, you know, whatever the spirit leads you. And I just start thinking about, you know, all the different stories in the Bibles and, you know, the Bible's so big. There's so many stories. You, you have so many characters. Right. And then I start thinking about like, all right, so what story, you know, has like probably impacted me a lot. And I just kept thinking of the story of, of Samson. Um, and I feel like I can really, um, relate to Samson in a lot of ways. Um, and we're going to be learning a little bit more about his story in, in case anyone doesn't know it. But, um, you know, I feel like as someone who I may be a bit older than you guys, but as someone who, you know, has gone through like your high school years or college years, I definitely felt like I could relate to, to Samson in, in, the, in the aspect of, of him, you know, having that moment of forgetting about God, but also having God have so mercy, so much mercy on his life. And so, so we can go into the word. Um, so we're going to be reading in the book of Judges, chapter 13. So as you guys are, are finding that within your Bibles, I just want to give some background on the book of Judges. So pretty much in the story right now of the Bible, um, this is pretty much where after Joshua has led the people of Israel to the promised land, he has told them, you know, multiple times, like, you know, God wants you, you all to like follow Jesus, like, I mean, God's commandments. And the book of Judges starts with the death of Joshua. And throughout the whole book, you just see the constant disobedience of the people of Israel. And it's, it matches like, you know, it was just stuff that you just wouldn't even imagine. And it was just a constant downfall, downfall, downfall. And the book of the name of the of Judges comes um, off of based on the type of leaders that they had during this time. So before that, they were kings. Before there was a king David. Before there was a king Solomon. Um, they were these tribes. These people were governed by these judges. Um, and Samson was one of the the one of the final judges that that is talked about in in this book. Um, so just to begin, I want us to just to read about how Samson kind of came into the picture. So if we start with verse three, and I'm reading from like the English standard version, so it might be a little different than, than y'all's, um, but um, if you can just follow along. So it says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, behold, you are barren and have not born child, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hands of the Philistines. 
So here, you know, Samson's mother is receiving the word from an angel and that she's going to have a son. So she goes quickly to her husband and she tells him like, hey, an angel came and talked to me. Um, but, you know, the husband, he was like, all right, well, if an angel came to talk to her, like, you know, I want to hear it too, right? So he prayed and prayed for the Lord and said like, and I think it says in um, verse 8, in the same um, chapter, oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us, come again to us and teach us what we are to do with this child who will be born. Um, and, you know, again, the angel appears and explains to Samson's parents of how he needed to be raised and just the different rules that his son would have to follow for being a Nazarite. Um, and one of the most important rules that we have to keep in mind as we, as we go through, through his story is that Samson's hair could not be cut. So if we um, move on to like verse 24 in chapter 13, we, we, we read that, you know, Samson is born. It says, the woman bore a son and called in his name and called his name Samson. And the young man grew and the Lord blessed him. So we can just see from here that Samson, before he was born, he had a purpose in God's plan. And God blessed Samson to have strength like no other, with the ultimate purpose that one day he was going to be able to help free the people of Israel. And, you know, by um, God giving Samson that strength, you know, it was God was always going to, you know, be with him during that time. And I feel like this is just a really nice way to see that, you know, God does have purpose in, in people's lives. And just like he had purpose in Samson's life, he has purpose in our lives. Um, and then just to kind of get an idea of what kind of strength that, that Samson has, if we go to chapter 14, verse 6, um, the scripture says, um, Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hands, he tore the lion in pieces as one hears a young goat. But he did not tell his father nor mother what he had done. So here you can kind of just see like what kind of strength we're looking at with Samson, like he, there was this lion, right? He, the lions are like the king of the jungle. And this man just came across the lion, tore him with his bare hands, no knife, no nothing. And, you know, just thinking about how crazy strength you must have. And really that wasn't something that you would to see in a common man. And really that was just God's being able to provide um, Samson that strength to be able to do that. Um, so as you kind of, read through a little bit more of, of Samson's story, you kind of learn that Samson falls in love with a Philistine woman. And, you know, when Samson goes back and tells his parents that he wanted to marry this this woman, his parents were not that supportive. And he, they were kind of like against it just because it was not part of their beliefs to marry someone outside their tribe. Um, and so for, for them, a Philistine was like a foreigner. But, you know, Samson being Samson, that did not faze him. And he was just determined to to marry this woman. And even in the scripture, and, and I believe in verse um, three, like towards the end, it says, she is, she, he says, she is right in my eyes. Um, and I thought that was like, for me, like that kind of hit me a little bit, just reading that, just because I think that it just showed that Samson just allowed himself to just be led by the flesh a lot and rather than by his spirit and you know i'm i'm not 
today's Bible study is not about relationships or diving into that. But for me, and I feel like for a lot of young people, I think it's just so important that that we really need to pray about things, especially when we're trying to think about like our future spouse or even think about like our future decisions is that we really can't just do what seems right within our flesh. Like we can't just do whatever we think is right. We really need to like pray and allow God to, to, to help our spirit really leads us. And, you know, and this is just in general, like whether you're asking yourself, like, you know, what college do I want to go to? What job do I want to have? Or even like what ministry do I really want to serve God in? We just have to be careful to not let the things that please our eyes um, take over really what pleases our spirit. And a, a question that I always ask myself is like, you know, how do I get there? Like, how do I, you know, stop myself from just reacting based on what I see through my eyes or based on whatever I I, um, I want from like my own personal wants? And it just really comes down through, you know, through prayer, through through fasting, reading the Bible, etc. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat there to kind of read when I was kind of reading a little bit of how he was kind of just going based on whatever felt good for him at that time. Um, so kind of just going back to Samson's story and kind of his, his journey there. So after he comes back on his way back home a few days later, he passes by the the dead lion's body that he had torn into pieces. Um, and if we look in verse, in chapter 14, verse eight and nine, it just talks about how there was like a swarm of bees of in the on like on the body of the lion and there was honey. So he just, he passes by the body. He like scrapes it with his hand, some of the honey and just goes on eating and going about his day. Right. And, you know, to us, it'd be like, all right, so what, you know, he, gave himself a treat. He got himself honey. But what's important to note here is that one of the rules to be a, a Nazareth was that you can't come close to a, a dead person's body. And in the book of in the book of Numbers in chapter six, um, that whole chapter kind of the first half talks about all the different vows, all the different rules that being a Nazareth entailed of and what they needed to follow. Um, and if you like look at that um, at that book in chapter five and six, I wanted to read those because I think those ones were too important ones that that Samson just didn't follow too well. Um, it says all of the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall touch his head until the time is completed for which he separates himself to the Lord. He shall be holy. He shall let his he shall let the locks of hair of his head grow long. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body. So here you can kind of see like, you know, the lion was a dead body and, and he, he, you know, just really didn't have much regard to, to what the rules that the Lord really has set out for him to, to kind of follow. Um, so to kind of just keep going through the story of, of Samson, um, so Samson goes and he marries this woman that he, he, he falls for. And I don't want to go too much into the details of like the wedding. Um, but it was like a, a whole like feast and Samson like played different riddles to, to the Philistine people. And, you know, they weren't too fond of the riddles if they didn't know the answers. So he was already not, they were already not fans of him. And one thing I did want, want to note that, so there is an instance there where I believe that Samson ends up like burning a, a stack of their grains 
So the um, Philistine leaders like come and they come to like um, Samson's wife and they ended up they end up burning his wife and her father. So you know after some time like Samson is like grieving and then you know he kind of gets over that grief and just falls in love with another Philistine woman, which is this is the one that I feel like most of us know of is is Delilah. And you know when the when the Philistine leaders find out that Samson had fallen in love with her. They were like, man, this could be our chance to really destroy him, to really like capture him. And if we go ahead and jump to um, to chapter 16 in the book of Judges, and um, in verse 5 it says, And the lords of the Philistines came up to her, her which is Delilah, and said to her, Seduce him. See where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to humble him and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So, you know, that was appealing to Delilah. Um, so she asked Samson, you know, where does your strength come from? Like, what would it take for, for you to be bound? Like, what would it take for, for you to be, to be captured? And Samson being Samson, he likes to play riddles and tricks. So you learn about the different times where he kind of like, Hints to her, like, what what would it take? But it really doesn't work. So the first time he kind of tells her is in verse 7. He says, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So Delilah goes back. She's like, all right, I got this. But tie him up with seven fresh bowstrings. And, you know, he goes to sleep. Boom, he breaks out of them. Doesn't work. So then he tricks her again in verse um, 11. And he's like, if they bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak like any other man. So she, again, she went back and she's like, all right, let me tie him up with these these new ropes. Again, does not does not succeed. Samson, boom, breaks out of those new ropes. Then the third time he's like, you know, if you weave the seven locks of my head with the web and fasten it tight with the pin, and I shall become weak and become like any other man. So again, she goes back, she tries it and fails. So finally, finally, after Delilah keeps insisting, Samson finally tells her how he's going to lose his strength. And I believe he says it in, in verse 17, um, towards the end, where he says, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazareth to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me. And I shall become weak like any other man. So Samson goes to his sleep and Delilah proceeds to just cut the locks of his hair. And when Samson wakes up, he no longer has strength. And we see in verse um, 20 of what happens. And so it says, the, um, Delilah says, like the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he wakes up from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And I feel like this was just a moment for Samson where he was like, oh, man, like, what have I done kind of moment? And I feel like Samson, like during his life, he has always made decisions and sometimes impulsive decisions because he always knew that he was strong. He knew that like wherever whoever came like across him, like he'll pretty much like defeat them because he knew there was no other man like him. And yet at this moment, he was weak like any other man. And I feel like there were two big things that really like I wanted to highlight here and that impacted me 
while reading kind of his story was how this sometimes happens to many of us as believers. And the first one is that sometimes we get a little too comfortable when it comes to gifts that God gives us. And we think that it's always going to be there. And sometimes like that's, and like, we think like, oh, we don't really need to put in the work. You don't really have to be faithful because we'll always have these gifts and they will always be there. And as you can see, that's not the case. You can see that Samson, you know, God gave him incredible strength. But he often abused it. And he used his strength at times to be violent, to be arrogant, instead of bringing glory to God. And at this moment, Samson learns like the hard way that, you know, God can take away gifts just like he gives them at any moment. And I was like, wow, like, I feel like that, like, gets me sometimes because I feel like, you know, as believers, we all have some type of gift. We have purposes with God. And sometimes we tend to to be a little a little loose. And I feel like even during this quarantine time, like with me, like, you know, my prayer, trying to read the Bible, you know, it, it's been a struggle. And I feel like this is almost a reminder of like, hey, you know, you want God to work in you. You also got to put in the work because if not, he'll find someone else. Um, and the second point here is that I think it's the most important point is that you know, our sins do lead to consequences. And as I kept reading, um, you know, as we keep reading, we learned that the Philistines, so they, they see Samson, they have him, right? He has no strength. And what do they do next? They like gouge his eyes out. So they take, you know, this man has no strength. Now this man has no eyes. So like they bring him to out to the Gaza and they tie him out. So now Samson finds himself weak and with no vision. And what he thought seemed clear is not all just dark. And, you know, he wasn't faithful to God's commandments and he felt like he was invisible. And I feel like how many times have we found, have we felt like we have lost that vision that we have felt like, you know, we have entered into those dark times. And I reflected with myself and I'm like, yeah, definitely. And what has lead me usually leads me there is because sometimes I'm not obedient or I'm not really faithful of what God, God has laid out for me. And, you know, when I was also like reading the, the, the story of Samson, I like just identified myself so much with him. And it's not because of his big old muscles, because I probably have the most, I have no arm strength humanly ever. Um, but because I have, I too have been in a dark place that Samson had found himself in. And, you know, where I felt like the world chained me up exactly like the Philistine had bounded Samson. And that was because I thought, you know, I could do what I wanted to. And, you know, I just a little background about me. So I grew up in, in the Christian faith. My, my, my mother accepted Christ when I was four years old. And, you know, church was all I knew. We really didn't miss services. So I go to like a Hispanic Pentecostal church. So our services are long, talking about four or six hours sometimes depending on how the Holy Spirit be moving. Um, so my mother had me there all the time. There was no, you're about to stay home, none of that. So, you know, I, I grew up in church, and as I got older, I began building a relationship with God. And, you know, I was I was blessed to be able to to get to make the step and take the vote of getting baptized in, in my teens. And, you know, things were going well. And then, you know, slowly I found myself disengaging from my relationship with God. And I think my turning point was when I graduated high school and went to college. Um, you know, going to college, you experience and you're exposed to a whole different world. Um, you know, you'll, you'll find that you're now that, you know, you're at an adult, 
your parents give you a little bit more freedom. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're running through your own schedule. You don't have your seven period, seven blocks or whatever you call it in high school. Like you, you know, you're kind of on your own and, and you're really, you know, exposed to meeting so many different people. You're, you're getting involved in so many um, organizations. Um, for me, like I was, I was, I was also working, working on the weekends. So, you know, guy used to be, I used to be like, all right, guy, you're like number one on my to-do list. And then I found myself in college and God became the last one on my to-do list because I just started putting so many other things like in front of him. And then slowly by the, by my spring semester, my freshman year, I just like stopped attending church like completely. And then I would just tell myself, you know, I'm just too busy right now for God, but like, you know, I'm going to find that time to worship him, that to find that time to, you know, read the Bible on my own and being the procrastinator that I am, I just never did. And the more time and the more time that passed by, you know, especially like when you're not associating yourself with the word, it's so much easier to give into temptation. And especially when like you're young or even now, like for me, like, you know, you just, you're just trying to be cool. You're trying to fit in. You're really trying to find yourself. So all I wanted to do was like, you know, live my best life and was not trying to, trying to have any of that commitments, like really hold me back. And, but, you know, I think that the more time I spent away from God's presence, it was like I was letting the enemy and the world really put chains around me and, and like really bound me to, to the life outside of the Lord. And I feel like it wasn't until I found myself just feeling so much emptiness in my heart and kind of going to like a depressive state where I realized that, you know, I was never going to be full or, or whole without God in my life. And you know, no matter how many friends you have, no matter how many clubs you, you get into or, you know, what kind of job you have, like no one could fill in that emptiness by God. And it finally took me, you know, to be able to realize that, that I needed to, to find my way back to him to really be able to understand this. And, you know, I thank God for the people he placed in my life that allowed me to find my way back to Christ. And even though it was a good six years that I kind of spent my time away from, from the path of the Lord, um, you know, for me, it was just a realization of, of, of what life has to offer when you're not in God's hands. But I think the best part of it all, of it all is that God has so much mercy for us and can help us in our darkest times. Cause I feel like, you know, if, if God wanted to, he would have been like, you know, all right, you forgot about me. You put all these other things ahead of me. You know, you you just like went to go do about your own things. You know, I hit rock bottom and God could have been like, all right, you good there? I right, bye. But no, like God has so much mercy on, on me, just like I, he has so much mercy on all of us that he's really there um, to be there for us during the darkest times, really the one to be there for us when there no one else is going to be there um, for us during those times. And here's where I just want to wrap up Samson's story and kind of what happens next. So as we were talking, Samson, right, he has he has his eyes um, gouged out. He has no strength. So they tied him. They tied him up. Right. So the Philistines are out there. They're praising their God. They're rejoicing of this victory. They think they got him. And when we look at verse um, 28, um, we see that it says, Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord, God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once, O God, that I may be able to avenge the Philistines for my two eyes. 
And we see here that, you know, he um, grabs onto the two middle pillars of which the house rested and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on one, his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength and the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. So we see here that, you know, he pretty much is able, he, he calls out to the Lord. He's like, you know, Lord, please remember me. Give me back this strength. And the Lord having mercy gives him back his strength and allows Samson to be able to complete part of his, a part of God's plans, which was to, you know, kill some of these Philistines and be able to kind of free some of his people. Um, and you see that through this act of, of self-sacrifice here, or more of this act of just what happens to Samson because of his consequences, you know, he, he dies as the building comes down. And I think, you know, even we see here that even at our lowest points, which this was the lowest point for Samson, God can still use us. And God returns that Samson that strength and he ends up being able to kill his enemies. And although Samson dies in this process, God still has mercy and grace for Samson. And so I know I was like starting to think about, all right, so like where else does God say he has this mercy and grace? And um, a verse that I really like is if we go to Ephesians um, 2, 4, um, it says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we are dead in our trespasses, made us alive through with it made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And I think the biggest thing that I highlight here is God being rich in mercy. Like he is such a merciful God that even during the times when we don't deserve it, his mercy is still there, there for us. And I feel like even though Samson died at the end, God still loved them. He allowed him to defeat his enemies. But I also don't want us to confuse this verse and think that just because God is rich in mercy, we can always do whatever our heart desires, um, you know, because it really doesn't work that way. Because I feel like at the end of the day, we don't want to be like Samson. We don't want to be in that situation where we're tied up by our enemies, but rather, you know, be reborn and alive in Christ. And so as you saw through Samson's story, God had a purpose in his life, just like how he has a purpose in each one of our lives. You know, um, there's a reason why we are here today. And and I want us to just really think about that, you know, just really think about how much mercy God God has for us and how much love he has for us. And, you know, I feel like we we see that so many times throughout the Bible. And I feel like my favorite kind of quick parabola that I really like when I read the Bible is, is the story about the prodigal son, right? So that story is in, in Luke chapter 15, and it just talks about there's this father. He has two sons, and he gives them their gives them their inheritance, right? The youngest one of the two, he takes his money and he leaves his father's house. And then he goes out into the world and pretty much spends all his money, leaving him with like nothing. And then he finds himself at the end, like hungry, that he was like even desiring like what the food of like of a pig, what a pig would eat. And he like decided to to go back to his father's house and, and ask him, you know, if he could work as his servant. And as he walked back home, you know, his father sees him coming 
And instead of his father being like, nah, like, I'm gonna close my door, like, that, that's the son that ran away and, and just wasted everything, his father runs to him and hugs him and takes him home. And I feel like that pro- that parabola, like, always, like, hits me very at, at the core because it just reminds me of how much God loves us and how much God loves his children that no matter how far out that sometimes we go, no matter how we may be feeling spiritually, whether we feel like, you know, we're not giving our best right now, like God is always there with us with like open arms and just really always willing to just bring us back home. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what, you know, I don't, I don't really personally know you guys been, I don't know what you guys have been through or what your current state is. I know right now during these times, we're living times that we never have, have lived before. You know, we, I don't think any of us have ever lived through a global pandemic. You know, I think a lot of us are, are still too young to remember a lot of the, the civil rights stuff that was going on back in the days, you know, with all these protests and riots. I'm not sure if anyone was alive or born yet during the 92 riots in LA, but like, you know, these are the, one of the kind of times we have never seen before in our generation. And I feel like, you know, these times could be very tough. And you know, I feel like here's where, where, you know, we got to hold on to that, to God's word that he loves us, that he has mercy for us, um, that he really, that he is our shelter, that he's, he's, he's pretty much the one that will help us move and push through this. Um, and, you know, and this is, I feel like now is the time more than ever to be able to find our way back to him. Right now when we're in quarantine where we don't have so many, like, parties to go out to or events to go barbecues to go to to really you know take advantage of that time and and make sure we're we're building our relationship with god and and have it be where we want it to be that one day we don't find ourselves like samson found himself and feeling like the lord had left them um and you know like the book of revelation says in chapter 2 um verse 10 towards the end it says you know be faithful unto death and i will give you the crown of life you know so it's important for us to to take that with us to to want to be faithful because our ultimate destination is to be able to get that crown of life and be able to rejoice and and be with be with our father up in heaven and i feel like you know it's not easy because it's not i feel like every day you know we we send through our thoughts emotions actions etc but we have a very merciful god that's there with open arms to be able to take up 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 on his wing and really change our our lives for the better for the better so I hope this um, Bible study was somewhat helpful, impacted your heart, or, or, or you took away something from it. Um, but just, I definitely wanted to, to be able to share this, this short word with you. And again, thank you for the opportunity for joining you guys today. And I'll pass it along to Kevin to, to kind of wrap it up here.